this is unstructured. We're doing something different here. We're going to call this unstructured addendum. There will be a series of these throughout. We're not going to release them on the standard and release day, which is not quite decided yet, but I'm thinking early in the week. This first one is with Isaiah Gooley. Isaiah is someone you hear on every episode. He does the intro music. He's a great musician and says the word unstructured. Now, Isaiah came into Hampton. We had a little bit of a chat after hmm, a couple, a few adult beverages and had a good time. I'd love it if you guys checked it out and get in on the conversation. There is a Facebook group you will find under Unstructured P and feel free to discuss the episode. Let's talk about the subject. This one, this one's about labor. Hope you guys like it. And thanks so much for listening. All right. So what do you want to talk about today? I have no idea. I want to talk about who Isaiah are Gooley. You? Who, who, whose house am I in right now? That's a real oh question. This is the uh, Eric Hunley abode. The Eric Hunley abode in beautiful Hampton Roads. Absolutely. I live on the waterfront. I call it budget waterfront because I have a tide every six hours. I mean, it's better than getting poked in the eye. So that's true. I, I love it. It's what I can afford and I do enjoy it. Yeah. It's a nice house built in 1895 by the students of Hampton Institute, which is now known as Hampton University. Which is a historically black college and or university. The my, first. My sister went to Howard University, which is one of the other earliest uh, land grant black universities in the country. Very cool. Yeah. So more you know, speaking of universities, did you know that the entire University of California system is, is a land-grant college system that arose after the Civil War? So after the Civil War, there was a program of land-grant colleges, and like um, University of Michigan is one of them. Uh, like, uh, any, like any A&M school, those are also... Um, like Texas A&M is land-grant college. Aren't most universities land-grant anymore? Uh, I would, I'm unsure, but the land-grant status of, of universities was supposed to be essentially free college. <laughs> no, and it was free. The University of California system was free until 2005. Well, it was, it was free except for fees. Free-ish. For, no, it was when I went to when I went to the University of California in 2007. Mm-hmm. My tuition was covered by the Cal Grant program to the tune of like for an out of state resident, it's like twenty five thousand dollars a year. But for okay. for an in state resident, the nominal tuition is fourteen thousand dollars a year. Was fourteen thousand dollars a year in two thousand seven. My Cal grant, because, you know, I performed well in high school and qualified for the program, took care of all my tuition. I just had to pay room and board. Very cool. I couldn't afford room and board, so I worked and then didn't go to class and was Mm. also 19, so I fucked that up. But that's besides the point, is that... University of California system was cheaper. And before 
prior to Arnold Schwarzenegger being sworn into office in California, mm-hmm. it was tuition for the University of California was $3,000 a year. And in the 1970s, before Jerry Brown got into office, it was, uh, it was, I think it was $60 a year for tuition. I have to check the numbers, but it was for tuition, not fees. Fees are different. Right. Like room and board, they didn't cover. But tuition was pretty much free for a, a California resident if you got accepted to the university. And same goes for the California state system. And now? And now it's astronomical. And those are those are state universities. I would argue that now the answer I would give any kid, I'm no expert, would be community college. Well, I my At own personal predilection on that topic is that community college should be the same as as public high school. What's cool about community college, though, is you are getting students there who often live in the real world. And I think that's helpful for exposure to the youth who are going to the college at the same time. It's very beneficial for them to go to school with somebody who actually works in an environment in the outside. I think that's a positive externality. Mm -hmm. But from from a structural standpoint or a policy standpoint, what what is it that we're trying to do with the education system? Like, if you're going to make education compulsory for a specific reason, what is that mm-hmm. reason? And is the system that we have now providing the results that we want? I would say no. When I taught at the um, University of Arizona Extended University, it was sad that I taught electronic engineers who had just graduated Cisco classes so they could find a job. Yeah, well, it, it it's And so by stupid. the way, I have no degree. Exactly. Any, I was having this conversation with somebody else the other day. I can't remember who I was talking to. But the point is that, that I was trying to make is that there's no... The idea of college as a jobs program is asinine. Because regardless of what job you get hired on, you're going to have to train on that job. Mm-hmm. And somebody without a college education can train that job specifically in the same amount of time as a college graduate. Right. By the way, and um, most jobs have it standardized that you must complete this training regardless of your previous credentials within this allotted amount of time. By the way, I've had a couple IPAs and I meant electrical engineering, not electronic. So I am well on my way. And I agree. I think we should bring back the apprenticeship programs. I don't know if I agree with that either. Learning on the job is extremely helpful. Well, yes, but to, to say we need to bring back apprenticeship programs means that you're going to have to institute widespread unit unionized labor or guilt labor. No, we don't. Well, that's, that's what you're implying because that's what it all apprenticeship programs basically for for any job are run through unions and no you well, can read into the law for example there's no it depends on there. which state you're in and the law is different but i'm saying you should allow that i mean thomas jefferson most should, allow that. should allow that should allow that i agree california you don't have to 
in in the state of California, you do not have to have a JD to get to be able to pass the the bar. You can work with a lawyer for an ex, a specific amount of time, mm-hmm. and then under their signatory, you can take the bar exam. Right, and, and be if a you practicing can lawyer it. in the state of California, and there's at least two other states that allow that. But that's that's different. That's a private practice testing into testing into a professional certification I'm program. I'm good with that, though. I think that's... But, but there's also the professional super. certification program. There's Then there's the question of, like, with trades, right? Mm-hmm. How to have an apprentice program with trades, what do you need? You need years of experience. I mean, but, but what structurally do you need? Not as an individual. What structurally do you need? Like, I'm... I'm going to be an apprentice on something. What do you need? Okay, my father was a general contractor. Yes, my father is a master carpenter. Cool. Now, I would argue to you that my father could have hired you on as a laborer and given you carpentry work. And at the point, he said, no, I am going to now pay you as a carpenter. That is your job title. You have just been brought in. There's no union here. It is, he is an expert, he runs the company, he takes, no, he takes the risk for losing the business. So, if he determines you're a carpenter, remember, it's his license, he's licensed by the state, he's registered, everything else, and it's his butt on the line if you fail as a junior carpenter to do the job. We don't need a union to correct this. So, so there's several different issues there. Is one, quality of labor. Mm-hmm. Two, price of labor. Mm-hmm. Three, three, the free flow of labor. Right. So how how do I have a guarantee as this apprentice carpenter working for your father, a general carp- carpenter you or don't. a general contractor, not even just a general contracting company? Mm-hmm. How do I have any solace other than your father's word? that I'm going to get paid the prevailing wage for what I'm doing. You don't. So. And nor should you. Because it is a very competitive labor market, and you can jump over it, to the next company. Oh, it, I promise you it, it was in Tucson. Is it in, in the way that you think it is? And here's here's what I mean. Because the quality of labor is in question. So... A master carpenter can do things for not only design, but fabrication sure. that a carpenter's apprentice or an unlicensed carpenter can do. Mm-hmm. And you may, if you spend money on a carpenter apprentice or a journeyman carpenter or an unlicensed carpenter, which is tantamount to what your the carpenter quote unquote apprentice is doing for mm-hmm. a general contractor, are you going to get the equal... Are you going to get a quality of work commensurate to a master carpenter? You're just not. You're not because we don't know that. You're, you're not. just saying that you want a union authority involved. No, no. I'm saying. I'm that not the saying that I want a union authority involved. I'm saying that in certain specific instances, organized labor is important for both the customer and the artisan. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, and, that- and your father is a middleman. He's not a producer. Well, actually he was, but well, <laughs> in the context of saying a general contractor, someone who handles the contracts is not a producer. 
what whether or not do he you was, know about general contracting? I do. Okay, because he actually. But, no, but that's the not the point that I'm making. That's not the point the, that I'm making. Within the job title, and right. within the way that the business is structured, his primary responsibility is to run the business mm-hmm. and to get contracts and guarantee so, the, no and, and guarantee the quality of the work. Right. Yes, of course. Because he is the one who's signing the contract. But, but it's construction. But the, it's not, con- he's not a lawyer. It's not contracts. Like he's just handing out contracts. No, that's to exactly what it is. Right. But in the case of a general contractor registered, and I'm going by Arizona because that's the only one I know. He had to actually demonstrate such advanced knowledge that he was teaching students at the U of A to get out and get do it from electricians to plumbing to carpentry and on. I mean, the scope of knowledge he had and was responsible for wasn't like a legal contract as a lawyer will say they're putting forth the contract and holding him responsible. He was responsible for the work you were paying him. And under that umbrella, he was responsible for every mistake. So what's a contract? There is a contract in the abstract linguistically. What is a contract? A contract is an agreement between two people at at space or under for specific, for specific requirements for both parties. Right. It could be so, so, deeds or goods. So if or, a general contractor signs a work contract, mm-hmm. do whatever, doesn't matter what it is. That is no different than a lawyer signing a contract to write up another contract. I understand that, but I'm saying that there's a, a scope involved Gen- due to the, the term- licensing and registration mm-hmm. of the state that goes beyond. And we can get caught up in the term contractor and I just want to be a contractor clear on the- is a jack of all trades and a master of none. No, oh, that's untrue. <laughs> it is true in the to the extent that a general contractor is not going to have the carpentry experience of a master carpenter. He was a master carpenter. So. He was not a master electrician. He absolutely was a master contractor. And, and how do you get how do you get the. The t- the title of master carpenter is something that's held by the carpenters union. I understand that. He actually was in the union at one point. And that's Arizona that's is a right to work state, though. And and, and that's part carpenter. of the problem is that it depresses wages for skilled workers. I disagree because and this is the problem that we saw hire. in California is that because of the the amount of immigration to the state of California, it was way higher than it was to any other state. Arizona has plenty of immigration. California has 40 million people. Arizona has less than 10. Okay. What percentage is? There's at least 5 million illegals in California at any given moment. And And about half of them are working, working in uh, agriculture. Like there's, there's probably more illegal agricultural workers in the state of California than there are illegal immigrants in any of the other Western states combined. Okay. We're getting into numbers and silliness. So I, okay. There's more people in California. Okay. So, so, so let's, let's try and bring some structure to this. And this, unstructured. This union. 
what what is it what is the point that we're trying to make here okay i will go on this end my father could never expand his business because he could not hire people there was not enough talent out there for him to be able to bid on the jobs that he desperately wanted to do they were all over the place there were so many jobs available he could bid on but he did not have enough talent, his carpenters, et cetera, that he could confidently bid on them. Thus, he could only hold so many jobs at one time, and he would have just enough work to keep people busy, but he could never really grow or go farther than any particular point. Conversely, my father could never work enough because there was never enough work because the amount that people were willing to pay for his amount of skill was lower than what it was worth so your your father or grandfather no my dad your dad need to meet my father because truthfully my father dad have paid him as much as he was worth yes the question he would that's why you have things like peace labor Piecework is a, a fantastic level. Piecework is a fantastic thing. The problem with with that is valuation. Well, I have a great anecdotal story that um is I the problem was with that is valuation because if somebody if Jose I and his an crew example. can do it cheaper, but not necessarily well, not necessarily as well, and honestly, mastery involves speed as well as talent mm-hmm. and there's a great story and it's for not that. talent it's skill anybody could build anything if you okay skill whatever practice it enough um there was a gentleman who worked for my father mm-hmm. daniel he was the slowest person you've ever come across in your life watching him work watching him move was excruciating he just never hurried. He was a gentle soul. And when he got angry, he would just whistle a quicker tempo. He always would whistle when he worked. Now, there was a job that my father had. Everyone else on the site complained about Daniel and how slow Daniel was. My father said, hey, Daniel is a more skilled worker than any of you. And he's actually faster than all of you, even though it doesn't look like that. He makes no mistakes. He knows what he's doing. He's extremely efficient. So my dad happened to have a job, which was converting uh, old mining houses in Arizona. Um, You've heard of company stores and mining towns. Well, they had literally the same houses, tracked housing along the way. So he put three people on one house and Daniel on the other, and Daniel beat all three. So skill shows. And by the way, Daniel made probably twice as much as any one of them because skill shows. He was worth three of them. He got a wage. So it can be done. It is done. And the truth is that if my dad didn't pay Daniel, there were plenty of other contractors who would have snatched him and paid him very well. It's an extremely competitive market. This is 
last thing I'm going to say is it's an extremely competitive market with too many middlemen. True. And that's the general problem with so much of the American economy is that there are too many middlemen. I could see that. Why do we have them? Why do we have middle management? And on that note... I have no idea what we just did. I don't either. This is why this is called unstructured. That was a cold open. We'll record one later. Anyway, I have to go now. All right, later.